You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. From the Dexcom G6 Studios, the future of diabetes management is here. Visit dexcom.com to learn more. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. This, the broadcast for April Fool's Day weekend, but you would be hearing it either on Saturday or Sunday, April 2nd or 3rd, so it won't matter and we're not going to prank you. Well, that's the April Fool's joke. That it's not really April Fool's Day now. When you're hearing the show. Yes. But it, because we always use the Friday dates leading into every weekend, so people know when they want to come to intotomorrow.com, check the show notes and hear their calls and answers and all that fun stuff, we always use the Friday dates. So it's April Fool's Day show. Right. On Saturday or Sunday. Correct. The second or third. Yeah. All right. Have I yet mentioned to be sure and check your spam filters? I had two more just before we came to broadcast this very broadcast, legitimate emails that I found in my spam, and you tell me you don't check yours very often. What's up with that? I've checked it, just not every day, but when I do, I haven't had any legitimate emails. Nonsense. The only person that ever emails me is you. Malarkey. (laughs) I had two more just earlier today. So that's the important thing about, I don't know what's going on with spam, but people are getting found in spam or stuck in spam lately. So do check your spam filters. Oh, and just as importantly, be sure to back up your important data regularly and often. Yeah. That might be considered one and the same, but... It might be redundant and repetitive all over again. Just a little. we got some tech news and commentary for you, and then we're going to get to Lynn in South Carolina, among others, joining us on the program today with questions, comments, concerns, maybe some tech rage, whatever the case. So right out of the box, just because I love getting you going on the subject of electric vehicles. Oh, boy. Uh, Canada is joining the ranks of countries and states planning to ban sales of combustion engine cars. Oh, great. Our friendly neighbors to the north have outlined an emissions reduction plan that will require all new passenger car sales to be zero emission models by 2035. Mm-hmm. The government will gradually ramp up pressure on automakers requiring at least 20% zero emission sales by 2026 and 60% by 2030. The country is also offering $1.7 billion Canadian dollars to extend incentives for buying electric cars and other zero-emissions vehicles. So once again, just like here in the U.S., those of us who do not have EVs, electric vehicles, have to subsidize with our tax dollars those that want to get one. Right. And I think those with electric vehicles should subsidize our fuel costs. Especially these days. <laughs> yes. Now, I can hear people screaming at their radios. If you have not seen my most recent fake book post, I almost said Facebook, but fake book post, because that's what it is, the anti-social media platform, please visit at Dave Graveline. Feel free to follow me. I'll follow you back if you mention the show. 
and read what I wrote. I've gathered a bunch of information from multiple sources, mind you, okay? And it's not a political post, so don't go there. It's a post with accurate information about batteries, right? How they're made, what happens to them, not just batteries for electric vehicles, but all kinds of batteries. I've had a lot of people reacting to it and sending me messages about it and and commenting and sharing the post. Feel free to check it out. And please tell me what you think. I've had some people that say, put me on your show and I'll debate you about this. Well, what's a debate? I'm, I'm listing information that occurs. All right. How batteries are built, the materials that have to be used, uh, what happens to them when you think they're dead. They're not really. I mean, we've all had these flashlights that get ruined because you find one in a drawer. You haven't changed the batteries in forever. And they've got all this acid all over them. We talk about that in this post. Well, what do you think happens with all other kinds of batteries as well? And what do you think powers the batteries, especially rechargeable batteries? So just something that you might want to look at. Take a gander. And this is exactly why I like bringing up the subject of EVs. (laughs) Because it gets me going? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Do you have an EV? No. Do you plan to have one? No. Well, not not until I'm forced to because they ban all other sales. <laughs> exactly. But in the meantime, you want the roar of an engine. You know, it was, it was like years ago when, when phone cell phones came out. You, you lost the, the pleasure of being able to slam the phone down and hang up on somebody. Yeah, because like, you'd crack your screen if you did that. Right. You know, I like when I'm driving. I like, you know, when I'm, when I'm finally passing someone slow, hitting the gas and hearing the engine as I go past now, them. Okay, now wait a minute. See, your son even points out your road rage. You've got to stop that. And these days especially, you told me you were keeping an eye on your miles per gallon fuel consumption and how you were trying to save gas these days by not flooring it. And yet you just admitted to me and the world that you're doing it still anyway. Well, because I'm saying that I can't do that in an electric vehicle. I don't get that roar of the engine as I angrily floor the gas pedal. but people with electric vehicles can argue that you can go by someone much faster and quietly as you flip them off. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of electric vehicles, Elon Musk, chief executive of Tesla, or as he says, Tesla, said in many tweets that he's giving serious thought to creating a social media platform because Twitter is, quote, failing to adhere to free speech principle, close quote. He's absolutely right about that. Most people have asked him to just buy Twitter and turn it around. We can only hope and pray that he does that. Although, I think he should buy Twitter and shut it down. That's a good idea. What do you think? I mean, really. I mean, he can start it back up again when he allows other people to come back on and tweet and keep it, in fact, open for free speech. But I think he should just buy it, shut it all down, freak everybody out, and then just turn it on again because he'll have owned it and all the servers and everything, and he can just do what he wants with it. I think that would be awesome. I'm hearing Gordon Ramsay in my head now. Shut it down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. I hope he does buy Twitter, but I think if he just starts another 
anti-social media platform. It'll be like the, what is it, Truth Justice? No, Social Truth. Truth Social. Truth Social that, that the ex-president has done, which we hear has not taken off so well. A lot of technical issues. The one that I signed up for like two months ago, and my uh, wait list number hasn't changed a single digit since then. Yeah, you were like 300,000 <laughs> something? 289,000 and change. Yeah. Gee, wow. And I couldn't even do it because I'm a droid. So last I heard, they're still not making it available uh, yeah, yet. You're not missing anything. For, apparently not if you can't get on it. Yeah. So that's what concerned me about Elon, if he were to do his own brand new one, although he's got the money and the smarts and the engineers and everybody else to, to actually make it work if he does that. But why do another one? My gosh, there's way too many out there as it is. And instead, buy Twitter, shut it down, and at some point, a couple of weeks later, maybe... Open it back up again and invite everybody on it. There you go. I think that would be truly awesome. Mark our words on the April Fool's Weekend show, although I'm very serious about that. It's not a, not a prank. Not punking anyone. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has deemed all products and services from the Russia-based cybersecurity firm Kaspersky an unacceptable risk to national security. According to the FCC's release, the move comes in an effort to uphold 2019's Secure and Trusted Communications Networks Act, which requires the agency to publish a list that details any communications equipment or services which may present a risk to national security. Hmm. The FCC published its so-called covered list for the first time in March 2021 when it named Chinese companies like Huawei, ZTE, and Hikvision, among others. With this year's update, Kaspersky is the only company based in Russia. The company's inclusion on the list means that it's banned from receiving support from the FCC's Universal Service Fund. According to Reuters, the $8 billion fund is used to maintain communication services in rural areas and for low-income users and facilities. Interesting. And, you know, and that probably, I'm sure, means that uh, they're uh, urging federal or government entities to not have Kaspersky yeah. software installed in any government computer. And that's a shame because we've had Kaspersky on the show years over the years, and they've had really good software for antivirus and fighting malware and things of that nature. But understandably... If there, in fact, is any chance of control by the Russian government, then they're not to be trusted these days. Yeah, of course, you know you heard me mention on that list one of the companies, Hikvision, which is the parent company to EasyViz, which you have some you know, EasyViz security cameras yeah. installed. Yeah. So much for security. Yeah. Of course. Then again, we've also got uh, what Eagle Eye. We also have some uh, half the time not working Ring cameras. Uh, we've got Simply Safe that really is more Simply Sucks. Uh, cameras, uh, a bunch of stuff that we test regularly that are in and around our studios and my house and so forth. And I figure if if somebody's invading my privacy, go for it. You know, you want to see me walk around in my uh, boxers? <laughs> That's your business. <laughs> but but they're mostly for outside in my various perimeters to the uh, Graveline Mans. You know? mm-hmm. Uh huh. Instagram officially introduced two new options last week, allowing users to view their feed in chronological order, favorites and following. Favorites seems most useful if you want to keep track of a handful of your IRL friends who may not post as frequently as other creators or accounts you might also follow. It's also the closest Instagram has ever come to offering a list to help you sort who you follow, like Twitter does, frankly. The fix isn't permanent, however, and the app will continue to throw you back to the algorithmic feed, and especially 
forcing you to see anything that they're making any money on. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, my biggest issue with Facebook is, you know, you know unless you go in and select the, the the timeline setting, it's you're always seeing things in the order that Facebook wants you to see them in. And yeah. sometimes, as you and I have discussed, you've done posts that I haven't seen in four or five days yeah. since you posted because, yeah, Facebook didn't want me to see it. Exactly. Like my recent post about batteries. Yeah. And it starts off with, this is worth the read. Take the time. Might take you all of two minutes, three minutes at the most, I think, to read through it. But then tell me what you think. Share it if you are so inclined. React if you are so inclined. Follow me if you are so inclined. All the anti-social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, anything you can think of. I'm pretty much on everything because of the show. At Dave Graveline. The at sign, Dave Graveline, one word, whatever, one name. And if you mention the show, as I always say, I'll follow you back. So there you go. Follow for follow, I think they say. There you go. Yeah. Here's something cool. About 50 years We'll ago, be the judge yeah. of that. About 50 years ago, in December of 1972, NASA astronauts Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt drilled into the surface of the moon to collect lunar soil samples for transport back to Earth. Mm-hmm. This week, NASA finally opened one of the vacuum-sealed samples for the first time. And they waited especially then, in order to do this. Right. The tube is a time capsule, not only from the deep geological history of the moon, but also from an earlier time in the space age when our tools were more primitive. Ah. Lori Glaze, director of NASA's Planetary Science Division, said that NASA knew science and technology would evolve and allow scientists to study the material in new ways to address new questions in the future. So they purposely kept these, and I believe there's another one as well they haven't opened yet, but kept this sample so that in the future when our science has become more advanced, we can study them in new ways. And that's what I, think, I think that's terrific. It reminds me of DNA. You know, has changed dramatically since I was a police officer, especially as a homicide detective, and the things that you can do with DNA now that we couldn't then. Because that's why you save evidence and you store things and you open old cold cases. And I think that's great that NASA... Now, have they indicated yet that they've been able to do anything differently with these 50 years, right? Yeah. 50-year-old rocks? They haven't. The testing has just started, so I'm sure you know, we're going to be hearing some, some cool things soon coming from NASA. Yeah. Oh, I like that idea very much. We'll have to see what happens. Lynn in Trenton, South Carolina, listens online at intotomorrow.com. Welcome, Into Tomorrow, Lynn. Hey, guys. I live in a rural area of South Carolina. Many years ago, I had a hotspot through AT&T, and it worked great. I got a couple of updated ones through them over the years, but, of course, there was always a small added charge. Well, this last one quit on me, and when I called for an updated one, whoever I was talking to didn't even know about hotspots. I tried explaining to him, and, oh, my gosh, it was even pictured on my account. Lord have mercy. Seriously. (laughs) He told me he could send me one for $500. What? I said, are you kidding me? After that, I switched over to Consume Your Cell Yarn, but they don't have hotspots either. My question is, why can't I just buy a hotspot somewhere? They did that with my iPad. I put a SIM card in from Consume Your Cellular into my iPad, and everything worked great. But I just want you all to help me and tell me where I can go buy a hotspot. Verizon doesn't work here where I live, nor does T-Mobile, and I don't even want to deal with AT&T. Bless your hearts if you can answer these questions. I know it's not as big a technical question as maybe you normally have, but I need help. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Lynn, for calling in. And we do our best to help all of our listeners, but certainly your issue. And and bless your heart for calling us 
and letting us help you out. Surprisingly, finding a standalone hotspot is getting harder and harder, as you've discovered. Maybe having hotspot data included in every smartphone plan is killing them. Now, you say T-Mobile and Verizon don't work at your house. So, unfortunately, that leaves you with only one choice, AT&T. Even though you said you don't want to deal with them, those three are the only network providers. All others actually use one of those three networks. Consumer Cellular, as you mentioned, many others. Everybody says, oh, no, I don't deal with the big three. Trust me, I use so-and-so. Well, they use the big three. That's just how that works. AT&T, for example, is only selling three models at the moment. The Netgear Nighthawk, this is the one that costs $500, uh, an old-style stick of the kind that you plug into a laptop, and an in-car hotspot that looks like it plugs into an OBD2 port, the onboard diagnostics port in a car. And outside of AT&T, things don't really get much easier. Everyone seems to be largely stepping away from those standalone hotspot devices. Now, the exceptions are T-Mobile and Verizon's 5G home Internet, which look and act more or less like traditional modem router combos. But unfortunately, AT&T hasn't jumped into that game. And to be honest, if you're in a rural area, I wouldn't really hold your breath for 5G connectivity anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're promised 5G wireless connectivity all around. I've got some at my house, but you don't have any at yours. Right. And you're a couple of miles away. So, yeah, don't hold your breath for that. Now, outside of AT&T's official offerings, the only other option seems to be to buy an older device through a site like Amazon or eBay. There are plenty of older model hotspots up for sale that are definitely not equal, unfortunately. The hotspot device that AT&T is currently selling is a gigabit device. Some of the ones you'll see for sale online have bandwidth limits of as little as 100 megabytes per second, which might do the job for you, again, especially in a rural area. So depending on what you're used to, that may be acceptable or not. Yeah, it's also worth just going to AT&T's website and trying to get the current device through them rather than through a, a rep. Uh, it's currently listed for $250, not $500. Oof. And they're offering to finance it at about $7 a month for 36 months without interest. And that might be the way to go for you, Lynn, because if if you can justify that expense of $7 a month, zero interest, you're not at least having to pay more. But you have to make sure that they will allow you to use it and if it doesn't work, get you out of that contract, take it back. Clearly, they should be doing that. Yeah, you just have to keep in mind that $7 a month is for the device itself. You still yeah. have to pay for the data for the hotspot, which is usually going to be probably you know between $50 and $70 a month. Right, and that's the AT&T that she doesn't want to deal with, and yeah. we don't blame her. Let us know what you end up doing, Lynn, because it'll certainly help other listeners. And we'll keep our fingers and eyes crossed all the way into tomorrow.com. Nothing is more important than protecting your family and property. That's why you should make a free call right now to Vivint, the number one smart home services provider in the U.S. Vivint will make your home safer and more secure with a state-of-the-art system that's so simple to use. Vivint smart home specialists provide award-winning monitoring of your system 24-7, 365 to respond to any emergency, even when you can't. And with the 4.5-star rated Vivint smart home mobile app, control your entire house from anywhere. Locks, cameras, security system, all at your fingertips 
dealerships on your mobile device. Call Vivint now and get a free quote, professional installation, and full smart home service for as little as $2 per day. Equipment purchase or service agreement required. Conditions apply. Call now. A smart home is a safer home. So protect your family and your property, home or business, with a Vivint smart home system. Call 800-689-3005. 800-689-3005. That's 800-689-3005. 800-689-3005. Welcome back into tomorrow as we introduce a brand new segment every week here on the program. One of the most important parts of a healthy lifestyle is making sure we get a good night's sleep. And there's more to that than a good pillow and comfy sheets. With this week's Into Tomorrow Wellness Tip, brought to you by Human Touch, here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. When it comes to sleep, quality is key. And an easy way to maintain sleep quality is with a consistent, calming bedtime routine. Try to turn off any electronics that emit blue light, which can trick your brain into delaying sleep. Go into relaxation mode with activities like listening to a book or a podcast. Adding daily massage to your bedtime routine does wonders for preparing your body and mind for more restorative sleep. Because serotonin is produced during a massage, it then creates melatonin, which helps us to fall asleep. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Victoria. Lots of great stuff. Looking forward to that. The Into Tomorrow Wellness Tip is brought to you by Human Touch. For wellness every day, visit humantouch.com and rejuvenate your mind and body. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. This is Cameron Graveline. I bet that you have a question about anything involving consumer tech. Or maybe you want to help another one of our listeners and tell us what you liked or didn't like most about technology. Call me anytime at 800-899-INTO. Thank you. Call Cameron anytime because we'll also get the message. You know, he doesn't sound like he's going to be 10 in a week. I know. In a week, he's going to be 10 years old already. Of course, I think he was, you know, 7 or 8 when he recorded that one. Yeah, he was 8. I remember. So, yeah, if you want to send your happy birthday, Cameron, good wishes, you can call the 800 number, use the app, audio uh, portion, or hit the Ask Dave mic at intotomorrow.com because he loves hearing from our listeners as much as we do. And especially for his birthday, if you want to send him some birthday wishes, he will hear them. 
then that'll be awesome. Yeah. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Are you sure? Yeah. And we welcome you back into tomorrow. We've got awesome prizes to share with you all the time, but some new ones added this week. And we always have to get the legalese nonsense out of the way. Did I say nonsense? The attorneys hate when I say that. Uh, because we have to say no promises, no guarantees. Yeah, but guess what? Mention two or three of the items that we're about to tell you when you call in. And we'll do our best to try to get at least one of them to you. That's how it works. And this week, some goodies include the following. From Human Touch. We uh, teased this one last week that you yes. don't want to call in. Oh. The Reflex 5S Foot and Calf Massager. Man, if you want to feel good and mellow out, especially the end of the day, if you've been on your feet all day or walking a lot or running or whatever, you want one of these. And they've sent us several to share with our audience. These things are valued at like 250 bucks each. Yes. Oh, my God. And they're awesome. They really make you feel good. And, of course, it's all part of Victoria joining us on the program with a weekly wellness tip. And they said, you know what? Can we give away a bunch to your listeners? I went, yeah. What do you mean, can you? I insist. So they are. From Sensation Performer Deluxe All-in-One Party Karaoke Systems. From our friends from Vox. From TurboTax, uh, coming up on the end of this deadline, online code's good for any of their products to help you file your income tax fast and easily. Yeah, sorry to remind you, but if you haven't done your taxes yet, quickly participate. Call in a question, comment, whatever, and ask for a TurboTax code. From Skosh, they sent us just this week a bunch of Magic Mount Pro Charge 5 magnetic wireless charging mounts. Did you get all that out? I did. <laughs> From Cut and Go, we've got some more of those Into Tomorrow branded emergency seatbelt cutters and window breakers that are important to have in your car. Yeah, very true. So do participate, and you can do that any number of ways. If you've got a question about anything involving technology, or you want to help another listener add to our answer, or even correct our answer, hopefully not a lot of that happening, but if it's necessary, please do that. Either way, join us. Let us hear you on the air. Chris is a about to tell you how easy it is for you to participate three major ways so pick one you could call the ask dave hotline if you're old-fashioned and like to use the phone as a phone you don't have that's, to be old-fashioned well if you use a phone as a phone you're old-fashioned yeah that's true yeah. i don't use a phone as a phone yeah i hardly ever i use it as a hammer yeah that's oh, why no. your screen cracks <laughs> yeah. all the time no, i was thinking back to when i had the nokia oh gotcha. the things you could use as hammers yes um, that's uh, <laughs> that number is 800-899-4686 that's 800-899 into so that's one of three that's easy one, ways right? right the other easy way is to use the free into tomorrow app for ios and android there's a message to studio button there oh so then you would just visit your app store for if you're an iphone or an android or if you have Windows 11, you can get those Android apps on Windows 11 as well. Now. There you go. And we hope that you w- nobody's participated that way yet. So that would be a thrill. We'll get you something extra. If you're among the first folks to join us by using the app on your Windows 11 device, okay, just search those two words in your app store into tomorrow. And then hit that message to studio button. Right. That's Al- number two. Alternatively, yeah, number three, you could, you could uh, stop by intotomorrow.com on anything with a browser and a microphone. And click that Ask Dave microphone. That'll pop up on the right side. Ah, very good. It might be the lower right, depending on if you're on a phone or a tablet or a computer or just the right side. Can't miss it. Little red microphone that says Ask Dave. Participate that way. So, so many easy ways and so many cool things to share with you. So do join us on Into Tomorrow.
TikTok has been hit with another lawsuit from former content moderators who claim the job traumatized them. <laughs> really? Ash- Wait, are these the fact checkers? They no, were these, traumatized? No, these, these were content moderators. No. Hmm. Um, Ashley Velez and Reese Young, former contract content moderators for TikTok, alleged that their work involved reviewing, quote, unfiltered, disgusting, and offensive content, including child sexual abuse, rape, torture, bestiality, beheading, suicide, and murder. Now, wait, didn't they apply for the job and that was the job? Yeah. No, this is all according to a complaint filed in a California district court against TikTok and its parent company, ByteDance. They accused the company of negligence, alleging that it failed to provide adequate care to protect moderators from harm and support them after reviewing such content. Now, I'm not sticking up for TikTok by any means. No. And I don't want to come across as insensitive. But as you said, when your job is to view content and remove these kinds of videos, you kind of know what you're signing up for. Um, the, you know, maybe you shouldn't take the job. So you know. now, now, however, if they took the job, they realized it was worse than they thought, which in some of these folks' cases, I'm guessing it is, and then they tried to transfer back to the other department they were in or, or do something else, and the company refused to allow that. Well, they might have something there. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, this is like kind of like uh, someone becoming a firefighter and then complaining that the department puts them in dangerous situations. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good analogy. I, that works. Wow. But why doesn't that surprise me? Google and Spotify said this week that a future version of the Spotify app will allow users to sign up inside the app to pay Spotify directly for a subscription. Spotify's alternative billing system will be offered in addition to Google Play payments. Of course, our Into Tomorrow podcasts are always free, and you can get us on Spotify and anywhere that you might get your other podcasts. And we're not going to charge you anyway. But it's good to know that maybe if that's a way you want to pay, go for it. Yeah. And, of course, we just finished um, you know, announcing how uh, one of our prizes was uh, codes for TurboTax. But because we're fair and balanced, I feel I also have to report that the Federal Trade Commission has sued into it, claiming that its tax filing service TurboTax purposefully misleads users into thinking the service is free. <gasps> what? According to the FTC, TurboTax primarily advertises its free services to consumers around the country, with two-thirds of tax filers opting not to purchase one of their premium options in 2020. Two-thirds, mind you. Yeah. Okay. The FTC had previously filed a complaint against the company through the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of California. However, the FTC announced that this complaint will be moving forward as a lawsuit that could affect millions of taxpayers. Wow. It specifically cited advertisements for the service that focuses on how it supposedly is free as being intentionally misleading. Samuel Levine, director of the Bureau of Consumer Protection, said TurboTax is is bombarding consumers with ads for free tax filing services and then hitting them with charges when it's time to file. You know, that's true, unfortunately, because they don't let you even see what the options are. Until after you, they've asked for all your information, you got to go through all the steps. You know, in my case, it took me a couple of days to work on my taxes, and then at the very end, here's my options: you can you can pay for this or this or this. Right, because they don't tell you ahead of time that yes, you can file for free, but only if you have a single W two yeah. that you're that you're filing. Oh. If you get through all this stuff, then you find out. Oh wait, no, I had a I had a file for for uh, interest income or something. Mm-hmm. Now now you have to pay for their their services in order to file. You know, any company that misleads the public, whether it's Intuit and their TurboTax, which we've, we've had them on the show, and when we give away some of their codes, so at least that way you don't have to pay. Uh, but the fact is, they should be clobbered for misleading the public. 
And yet, apparently, from your story here, they continue to do so. Yeah. So, you know, they need, in my opinion, they need to tell the consumer, you know, yes, it is free, but here's the restrictions before you go, go through the trouble and spend all this time, you know, sorting everything out. Yeah. How do you feel about that? 800-899-INTO. Have you had that experience? Not just with TurboTax, but with any company. Anybody kind of leading you down the road of you get a massive discount or this is free, just do it, and then you get to the end of whatever you've done, and now they want money. That's inappropriate for a lot of reasons. Let us know at 800-899-INTO. And let's meet at intotomorrow.com. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow here with another tech fact for you to share. IBM created the first smartphone, believe it or not, back in 1994 called the Simon Personal Communicator. It was a combination phone and touchscreen personal digital assistant with a battery that lasted about an hour. (laughs) But it was the first actual smartphone. So it was an iPhone. Guess you couldn't have any long conversations on it. No. I wouldn't be able to talk to you, for example. I beg your pardon. Just because we have a three-hour broadcast doesn't mean... Are you suggesting that I talk too much? I'm suggesting that there's no such thing as a short phone call with you. Not not that it's a bad thing. I enjoy enjoy talking to you. I have a solution. Don't lie, number one. (laughs) And number two, stop calling me then. Just send me a text. Oh. Go ahead. Call (laughs) me real quick, because I think even though I'm in Do Not Disturb, I want the audience to hear what happens... When you call my phone. Okay. All right. Are you dialing me? I am. Okay. Here we go. It's your son calling. You answer the phone now. That's right. Yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah. It's your yeah. son calling. You answer the phone now. Yeah. So, so guess who... Okay. You can hang up now. So, you know, guess who put that in my phone? Wasn't me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why every time I hear that, it's like, oh, now what does he want? Because I don't use the phone for phone. I use the phone for texts. Well, because sometimes I, you know, I, See, I got to, you, your tongue tied. I have a little now. too much to tell you. My thumbs will get tired. Oh, my goodness. Uh, did I mention welcome back into tomorrow? I'm Dave Graveline. Uh, I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys, streaming media solutions for the smartest businesses on the internet. Visit StreamGuys.com. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got me. Jumping. Time to head into yesterday with this week in tech history. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. Here's Chris. This week, back in 1965, Intelsat 1 was launched from Cape Canaveral in Florida. This was the first commercial communications satellite to be placed in geosynchronous orbit. The satellite was nicknamed Early Bird, after the old adage, the early bird gets the worm. Oh, okay, I got you. In 1975 this week, childhood friends Bill Gates and Paul Allen decided to form a little business using their skills in computer programming. Pretty much. And so Microsoft was born. Paul Allen suggested the name Microsoft, hyphenated, short for microcomputer software. So how come they lost the hyphenation? I don't know. 
just as well. Yeah. And we just refer to them as MS or the Blue Screen of Death Company or, yeah. you know, yeah. In 1981 this week, the Osborne One, the first successful portable computer, was unveiled at the West Coast Computer Fair in San Francisco. Cool. It had no onboard battery and was powered by an AC plug, but it was still considered portable since it could be carried around when packed. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. This week in 1994, Mosaic Communications Corporation, letter Netscape, was founded in Mountain View, California. Its Netscape web browser was once dominant, but lost to Internet Explorer and other competitors after the so-called First Browser War. Its market share falling from more than 90% in the mid-1990s to less than 1% in 2006. And this week in 2010, Apple released the first-generation iPad, which quickly became the most popular tablet computer. During the first 80 days, 3 million iPads were sold. By the launch of the iPad 2 a year later, Apple had sold more than 15 million iPads. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. Alan in Ackerman, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi, an awesome statewide network bringing you into tomorrow. Hey, Alan. With foreign countries using their cell phones for computer standalone instead of laptop and desktop, what are the advancements out there for the United States people looking into that and applying it to their lives? Well, Alan, good question, I think. We have access, of course, to the same hardware, operating systems, software, and networks that other countries have. So if there's something a different country is doing with their phones, we probably can as well. Ninety percent of what average people do in their personal lives can be done with a phone without needing to resort to a computer these days. Modern phones can run everything, banking apps, streaming apps, office suite type apps. You can even do your taxes on your phone. Yeah, and that's why Apple keeps trying to push the iPad as a computer replacement. iPads are far less flexible than fully featured computers, but they can easily do the bulk of what the average user needs or wants to do. Um, now, there's really not an awful lot you need to use a phone as a laptop replacement. Either everything is built in or uses an app that you can download from the device itself. Now, if you want to print, which is less and less common these days, you just look for a network printer, particularly something that adheres to the Google Print or AirPrint standards would help. Unfortunately, Google Print requires that you connect the printer to Google's servers, which isn't that great, but it will allow you to print from a phone at least. Yeah. Now, the fact that Apple continues to push, use an iPad as your computer, I think it's still very limited. Because if you've got an actual computer, whether it be a desktop or a laptop, and a tablet, don't you find yourself still going back to the computer for certain tasks? Because you really can't do everything on your tablet that you would on your computer, at least not successfully, I think. Well, I mean, if you're using you know online apps, especially like word processing like Google Docs or even Office 365 on an iPad, you put a Bluetooth keyboard on the thing and you really could well, use it as you would a computer. Yeah, but see, now you put a qualifier, add a Bluetooth keyboard. And yeah, it makes a difference. I've done that with tablets well, as well. Yeah. Android, of course, not not anything with a piece of fruit on it. Um, but, but I've done it with Android tablets. And yeah, it makes it much more functional. But if you're just talking about using a tablet in place of a computer for everything, I don't think that's realistic. I mean, we have a, a Toughbook tablet, Android tablet in the, in the control room. I've put a Bluetooth keyboard and Bluetooth mouse and used it as it was a laptop. And again, because of the accoutrement, 
you had that ability and it made more sense. What do you think, our audience, do you use a tablet only as your computer these days? I really want to know how that works for you. If so, terrific. And if you can do everything that you used to do on your computer, do tell us. And if not, be sure and tell us. I mean, we've got folks that tell us they use their phone for everything. But again, now that's pushing it. Much smaller screen, etc. And yeah, you can add an external keyboard, Bluetooth. You can do all that kind of stuff, too. But that's, I think, even if you have a, you know, a folding phone with a bigger screen, and that's yeah, still pushing it. What do you think? 800-899-INTO or the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order, discreetly packaged to your door. Been thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066 for as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066. As always, we're thrilled that you've tuned Into Tomorrow. Thank you so much. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start your own podcast. Visit blubrry.com. We don't mind the competition at all. Start a podcast. It's fun. Jason in Tyler, Texas, listening on KTBB AM and FM, sends the following email. He says, I have an encrypted Word file that I need to access, but I forgot the password password I used when I saved it. Oh, how can I recover the password so I can access the file? Well, Jason, unfortunately, for the most part, you can't. If you could, the encryption would be worthless. Now, you can download paid software that will try, and if you get lucky, and if you had used a weak password, that may work. Having said that, those programs will try to crack the password via brute force, dictionary attacks, and similar methods. Yeah, if your password was simple, you may be able to get back in. If it was complex, you're likely out of luck. Um, Now, this is one reason why using a password manager is usually a good idea. Uh, You can get apps for your phone that will allow you to store all of your passwords in one spot and access them with a single master password. Uh, Just don't forget that master password and you'll be all good. Yeah, you don't want to forget the master password because that'll mess you up. But now, this is a good time for me to mention what I've done over the years and has worked exceptionally well for me, especially now that I can also access that same Word doc on my cell phone. With I've done a password-protected Word doc. Which is what got Jason into this issue in the first place. Right, <laughs> right. But of my passwords. And then, of course, I store them there. But then I also have a strong password to get into it that I don't forget. But if I should get old timer's disease or something, you know, I've I've put it somewhere where I can go find it where nobody else can and at least not know where it is or what would it's you, for. Would you put it? I'm not uh, gonna tell you. No. Somewhere safe. No. 
if I remember where I put it. <laughs> but that has saved me more times than not. And I know, Jason, well, and, that if you had done that, and, and that wouldn't be your problem. But for everybody else, that might be a good solution. It's also saved me many times since you do it here for, for passwords here at the studio. I've come out to your desk many times. Like, yeah. Can you look up the password that we used for this account? Because I can't remember. Yeah. And many times I've said, dummy. Yes, hold on. <laughs> yes, it is, and that works. Let us know what you do. How do you save your passwords? Into tomorrow.com.